on the paper page. We got the original version again tonight. Good, I don't know the other words. It also has a different uh, actress in the, in the title. It's very strange. I've never seen that before. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be Judy. I don't think Urkel is in this in the original version it's very possible alright welcome to uh, 12 men one podcast uh, the episode where I hopefully don't wake up my baby uh, Paul how you doing tonight I'm doing well Dan how are you doing great just great yeah, so uh, it's another one of the uh, the episodes where we got a full third of the league on the podcast tonight. Uh, so we're joined by our sometimes co-host and mystery picker, Mr. Adam Cratch. Cratch, welcome. How you doing? How are you guys doing today? I uh, am happy to report that we won last week, and I'm looking forward to dishing out some more winning picks that uh, were made before Thursday night even started. So they're not actionable anymore, so you're not going to help us win any money. Unless you are uh, talking to me on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then that other laugh you just heard is uh, the one Mr. Uh, Michael J. O'Brien. Uh, Mike, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. It is quite a pleasure to be a two-time guest on the wonderful podcast this is. <laughs> Yeah, definitely a rare honor. I did give you guys five stars on Apple Podcasts. So Ooh, I'm well, a we appreciate it. Absolutely. And I think you were probably the uh, the first review that I saw on there. So, you know, like, listen, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, build the, the podcast audience. And uh, once we get about a thousand more followers, we might actually be able to make like five bucks or so. <laughs> So, Obi, what is going on in your life? What's going on in your fantasy life? Break things down for us. Um, I guess real life maybe a bit better than fantasy life, which is probably a good thing. Uh, still doing some cybersecurity stuff for Accenture. Uh, Emily, my wife, is about two weeks out from kid number two getting here, so kind of come down to the wire now. Right. Uh, so that's that's exciting. Yeah, thank you. Fantasy-wise, my, my team is, is not doing so hot. I am at the top of the relegation station, but um, take that for what it's worth. Hampered by some injuries, but maybe we'll turn it around here in the second half of the year. As a, uh, as a league, we've kind of underrated you this year. So you have a message to send to the rest of the league or the other members of the relegation station now that well, you I... are dominating the division? I think to the other members of the relegation station, if you just sucked a little bit less than I did, you could be where I am right now. <laughs> I will say, though, for the flack that we do get, I believe the relegation station was the only division to have 100% of members attend 
the live draft. So we may be bad, but we're dedicated. That is true. And despite what Paul might think about San Francisco geography, I'm pretty sure Tony traveled the furthest to uh, get to the Chicago <laughs> live draft. I'm pretty sure it was right in his backyard. So I don't know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure I had to go the furthest to get to the draft. Math checks out. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Cratch, as you said, a pretty decent week, uh, especially for the mystery pick, but also for our NFL picks in general. Um, last week, uh, we hit. We everyone hit on both your mystery picks because we all agreed with you. Um, everyone else took Detroit. You took Green Bay for some reason, um, but your your uh, being different streak paid off because you took San Francisco. Uh, Dan was the unique unicorn who took Cincinnati uh, plus 11 and a half versus Baltimore. So uh, we all ended up with three or four uh, good NFL picks. And uh, Cratch, your your two mystery picks netted you plus three mystery units. So you're all the way up to nine this week. So excited for what you're going to do with those. Yeah, I think I might be undefeated on uh, picks that I make live versus on recording, but uh, that's totally unsubstantiated, and we need our uh, fact gurus to follow that one up for me. Podcast historian. Yeah, so we'll, we'll let the podcast historian figure that out. I nominate Tony Gall to go back and re-listen to all the episodes. Um, looking back at the 12 Men 1 Trophy picks, uh, uh, also pretty good. Uh, most of us had four, um, and I say us, I mean you guys, because I had uh, three out of the five picks. Uh, I was wrong on uh, D'Amato and Truman. Obi, sorry I didn't believe in you. Um, you were able to to get the win over D'Amato, and, and Cratch was really the only one who believed in you. So I think you can really thank him for your victory. Oh, thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. You can get back on the bandwagon this hey. week, Paul. I got to we'll defend see. my fellow division mates. Yeah, so, I mean, Obi, you had a, a pretty good week. Why don't you kind of break that down for us real quick? Um, I, I think the big key for me uh, was a big outing by the running backs. Finally, the $50 million man, uh, Devontae Friedman, put up some decent numbers. Uh, Nick Chubb has been pretty stellar as well for the past couple of weeks. Um, but I think low-key, maybe not low-key, was the return of one Tyreek Hill. Uh, say what you will about the man, but he's a damn good football player and works out very well in fantasy so i think those three i think really carried my team I had some other decent numbers here and there but i think those were the three standouts for me yeah i mean each of those players had over 20 points you had over 10 points from uh, from all of your wide receivers and tight ends this week so pretty solid scoring overall 128 points um you know you you put damato down in his place I was uh, debating back and forth between uh, Minshew or Rodgers, and uh, I, I thought I'd go against Cratch's grain when he uh, recommended Rodgers on last week's podcast. Uh, came back to nearly bite me, but luckily it wasn't a factor in the W. Yeah, I think uh, D'Amato having a little bit of a down week. He only got uh, half a point from Emmanuel Sanders. He apparently got uh, one reception for zero yards. Uh, only one point from Greg Zerline and then a couple other single digits and some low double digits. Um, Dalvin Cook really didn't come through with him, only got uh, 12 points as opposed to his typical like 20 or 30. So uh, overall, a pretty, pretty solid outing for UOB and not so great one for D'Amato. 
when you're in the relegation station, you kind of take what you can get. So I'm <laughs> a-okay with that. Fair enough. So, Cratch, uh, you had the, the pleasure of getting walloped by my stalwart team. Ooh, touchdown Tyree Kill. There you go, Obi. Ooh. Uh, so, Cratch, I beat you 118-94. to 94. Why don't you, you tell me what happened? What were you thinking kind of watching this matchup play out? Yeah, pretty much just take all the good uh, vibes that Obi was just referring to and flip it, and that's what happened to me. <laughs> Basically, I, I had some questionable decisions on my lineup, uh, but even with that, you know, injuries kind of cemented those questionable decisions where I went with Will Disley at Cleveland over... Uh, uh, Your boy George Kittle. Yeah, Kittle at L.A. I don't know why I did that. And it really turned out to not work in my favor uh, with Disley. What was this? His uh, Achilles, Achilles that he had ruptured. Him. Yeah. So that was no good. And, you know, there was a way for me to get there with maybe another stupid Juju Smith-Schuster uh, sitting. But I didn't do that. Uh, I, you know, the guys that I had on my roster were overall did decent. But, you know, two, a zero-point play and a near-zero-point play was uh, too much for me to overcome against you, Paul. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the, the zero-point player technique often works. Unfortunately, didn't work for you this time. Um, I had some some really strong outings uh, from Lamar Jackson and David Johnson specifically. You know, they combined for about 55 points, and they got another 15 or so from Mark Ingram. Um, so pretty pretty solid outings there. My both uh, lines, uh, carry on and Kennedy, excuse me, Kenny Galladay, uh, added up for almost 28 points. So some some big, big gainers. Um, you know, the, there would have been a way for you to win. I don't think um, it would have been a smart lineup going into the week. You know, like you said, benching Juju Smith-Schuster for Golden Tate. Um, you know, obviously the, the Kittle over Disley play um, would have got you closer. Uh, and then, you know, if you decided for some reason to put Jamison Crowder in over Damian Williams, you know, you, you would have won the week that way. But had you said you were starting those players, you know, I would have laughed at you then too, based on who you're putting on the bench. So, I mean, I think you made the right starts. It just didn't work out for you this week. Yeah, this this was actually a pretty fun matchup to follow, considering Paul, you actually took the lead on the last game of the week on Monday, like you said, with almost 28 points. So, uh, Cratch outperformed projections quite a bit, and then Paul kind of underperformed. So it was a closer matchup than I expected. And, yeah, you could have played the perfect lineup and won. But, I mean, other than the tight end play, no one's going to really argue with who you played. And there's some upside with Hopkins, nine receptions. He just didn't score. And Miles Sanders, too. I mean, that's finally a nice game from him. So it's it's Yeah, that might have been the most positive part of the whole weekend was to finally see a good one out of Miles Sanders. That was nice to see. And with Royce having, he, you know, he's been stringing some good things together too. So some of my first round picks are finally starting to pan out. All right. So Dan, looking at your matchup, um, you were able to, to squeak out a win against cause you didn't break a hundred points. What the heck happened? Well, as I mentioned uh, in the last podcast, Kaz is my kryptonite. Uh, I always score low against him in every fantasy league I've ever been in, and this is more of the same. So 
Luckily, he scored a lot less, a lot fewer points. Um, I cursed him by paying Marcus Mariota $3 million <laughs> to play for his team and get negative .94 points this year uh, against me. So that was uh, good work by Marcus for me. So I'm going to take the win and run with it. It's okay. 88 points is fine. Um, I'll take the good luck. Yeah, uh, you know, Kaz's uh, Tennessee players didn't work for him this week. Uh, they've been combining for anywhere from 20 to, to 40 or 50 points, depending on, on how well they're doing. And combined, they put up well, under three points. Um, you know, Fournette had a decent game. He gave Kaz about 15 there, but, uh, you know, pretty much everyone else in the, the single digits or even low, low double digits. Um, you know, looking at his bench, uh, the one one play he could have had would have been Curtis Samuel, which would have got him another uh, 20-some points. But, um, you know, I don't know how he would have got him in over Cortland Sutton, Michael Gallup, or Jordan Howard. So, uh, theoretically, again, Kaz could have played a more perfect lineup uh, and obviously uh, not played a negative point scorer, Marcus Mariota, and beat you. But I think uh, going into the week, going into the the – uh, starts he made the right calls and uh, again his team just didn't perform yeah I mean Kaz probably has I'm gonna go out on a limb here for our podcast historian Tony but um, the top two of the top three quarterbacks in 2022 are on Kaz's team right now uh, Curtis Samuel and Cortland Sutton and they're gonna be good but they probably won't be on his t- team in 2022 so um like we've said before, he's done a great job drafting. It just uh, he's got some weak spots at quarterback and tight end right now, and it's it's tough times for Kaz because he's got a combination of a lot of bad luck this year and a few kind of glaring holes in his roster. All right, so uh, looking at Tony and Mitch's matchup, uh, Tony got absolutely curb stomped. Uh, excuse me, Tony and Phil. Phil dropped 141 points. Tony only put up 62, which actually beat RSO's projection. Um, Tony started a, a zero-point player in Rashad Penny. Uh, looking at his bench, he had a lot of zero-point players. He got hit with the bye bug last week. Um, but again, Phil's team is, is nigh unstoppable at this point when they're clicking on, on all cylinders. So um, I don't know, any, anything else to say about this one other than it was just a, a straight-up bloodbath? Uh, just that, you know, Phil put up, including his kicker, he put up three single-digit scores but still scored 142 points. That's that's pretty impressive, uh, particularly when you also look at the top end of his scores. He didn't have anyone hit 30, so just a lot of solid, solid outings. Yeah, Tony clapped back at you after that last podcast when you tried to claim that he didn't pick up San Francisco's defense or kicker again, and yet he managed to leave San Francisco's defense on the bench and lost himself 10 points of production there. Yeah, and uh, that, that was my, my mistake, mea culpa. I was reading the waivers a little too fast. Um, he did he beat Phil out for San Francisco and then for some reason decided not to play them, uh, but I believe he lost Jimmy Garoppolo to Phil. Um, so he still lost uh, coveted piece of his 49ers team um oh just watching the Mahomes kneecap dislocation live on replay yeah that uh, that looked a little rough and there it goes popping back in all sorts of fun um so uh and 
Tony just got absolutely walloped. Uh, moving over, Truman uh, kept it close, only lost to Zangus by about 10 points. Um, not you know a great outing by Truman. He's kind of saved by 24 points from Terry McLaurin and uh, another 22 from Austin Hooper. But uh, hopefully he gets Saquon back this week and his team starts to look a little bit better because uh, his entire bench had zero points except for Mark Walton somehow decided to come to playing at 10 points this week. So, um, you know, not a great outing by Zankis. He got saved by the fact that he was playing Truman, who had an even worse outing. Um, and now, you know, like we just, just mentioned, uh, Pat Mahomes is going to be out for a little bit with that kneecap dislocation. So Zankis is going to uh, hopefully get some better production out of Baker Mayfield going forward. Yeah, this was actually, if you were following the matchup, it was... Truman looked like he was going to run away with this uh, in the beginning of Sunday, and then he his team just stagnated. And, you know, it's the same problem we talked about before. He doesn't have a lot of depth. Uh, he did avoid the impressive all-zero bench, like you said, with a random appearance from the felon, Mark Walton. Um, so good for Mark Walton, I guess. Second chances. But um, Baker Mayfield actually outscored Mahomes last week. And, I mean, they look better-ish, even though they blew the game against Seattle. So, Zangus is a dangerous team. He's got so much talent on his team, it's just it's just not as good as last year. Very true. Looking at our last and closest matchup of the week, this was... Uh... I forget where you said they live, but it's Mitch versus Pentis, the former roommate battle, Archer Street. Arch Street? Arch Street, yeah. Arch Street. Uh, so this uh, game was decided by barely over a point. Uh, Mitch was able to pull out the win 95.9 to 94.8. Uh, Got to be a tough loss for Pentis. Uh, it was a close one. Um you know, uh, Jared Goff only putting up two points has got to just be be soul crushing for Pentis because if he has anywhere near, uh, you know, his typical game, you know, Pentis walks away with his home pretty handedly. So, um, got to be a tough loss for Matt. Uh, hopefully, he can rebound and regroup going forward. But uh, what else did you see here, uh, Dan? Well, we can just we'll go right into uh, um, you know, you guys feel free to comment, but I'll just give you my worst play of the week here. Since we're on this matchup, you know, Pentis has has a real interesting feat here in this game in that he could have won the matchup by playing either of his two other quarterbacks. Uh, he could have won the matchup by playing two of his other running backs. And he could have won the matchup, of course, by playing uh, Stefan Diggs with uh, 40 points even. So he gets worst play of the week, but no single player uh, because he just really could have picked names off of his bench randomly and probably would have won the matchup and just didn't do it. Yeah, that's uh, that's got to be rough, especially that dig one on the bench there. I didn't uh, didn't see him down there, but uh, especially after the, the trade fiasco last year, uh, probably should have been more aware of that. Um, you know, Diggs had been very underperforming the entire rest of the season, so can't really blame Pentis for putting him on his bench there. But uh, but yeah, playing him would have won the week regardless of who he started him over, that's for sure. And Mitch does deserve the loss for um, not believing in his pride and joy, Matt Prater. 
leaving him on the bench at 21 points. But he gets the win. That's rough. Or he got the loss. No, he did get the win. Mitch yeah. get the win. He got the Details. Win. All right, so uh, that's the worst play of the week, Dan. What was your best play of the week? We're getting real into the details for best play of the week this week. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna just basically go into saber metrics here. Um, you know, we're gonna break out some equations. Uh, but ultimately, uh, and I'm not sucking up, but this was our uh, guest of the week. I'm giving the best play to, and that is uh, O'Brien Tressman for president. I don't think anyone even remembers who Tressman is. Um, <laughs> I believe he coached the Bears at one point. Three coaches ago? Before that, he was a Canadian coach, I think. But anyway, um, he actually gets best play of the week because going into the week, there were some questions around Tyree Kill um, and Freeman. And he makes the move to bench Adrian Peterson. And he gets Tyree Kill in the lineup when it was decided that he was going to play. He puts his faith in Freeman and keeps Peterson on the bench. And Peterson would have been a nice score. He still would have won the game, but um, I'm impressed with the analytical decision. Although he also gets the runner-up for worst play of the week, as he already mentioned, and that's Minshew over Rodgers. But um, can't beat out Pennis for worst play and best play of the week. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to give Obi kind of credit there for, for riding the Minshew mania. Um, you know, it might be might be coming into a new end, or it uh, might be you know just reaching kind of the bottom on its way up the next hill. So uh, that'll be something to to watch going forward. I mean, their defense uh, just got worse, uh, so therefore he's got to throw more, right? I think that's what we're hoping for at this point. Uh, I think in Minshew we trust at this point. You know, I, I've ridden Mark Trustman for this long, so I mean Minshew, I got a long ways to go yet. Um, that being said, Mark Tressman is the uh, the next GM and coach of the Tampa Bay Vipers of the XFL League. So, um, you know, he could be coming back, you know, working his way back up. Were they the team? I saw Connor Cook just went second overall, but I didn't see to what team. Uh, I just blew the extent of my XFL knowledge. Uh, so. <laughs> so announcing uh, our new XFL podcast. No, but... <laughs> It, it was the XFL. I did actually follow the draft a little bit. It was strange. They had they had a set of quarterbacks that were like assigned to teams. I, I saw that. Yeah, totally how that worked. And then when they drafted um, one of the teams, yeah, drafted Connor Cook pretty high in like the skill player part of the draft. Yeah, it was an interesting draft setup. Like you said, I think they basically guaranteed teams a, a quarterback so that they didn't necessarily have to draft them. Um, but then obviously the, the Houston Roughnecks saw the, the skill and masterful uh, gamesmanship of Connor Cook uh, and decided to draft him despite his shitty personality and locker room presence. Um, yeah, they, they had separate drafts for like skilled players and line players. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting, but I think it uh, hopefully made for a more even uh, distribution of talent, you know, not forcing teams to, you know, reach for, say, a left tackle when other teams are getting running backs and wide receivers and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little excited for the XFL to come back. Should be at least uh, some interesting offseason football. Yeah, it seems like they've been able to get more of the bigger names, like kind of tweeners in the NFL than the uh, 
what was it called, AFL, whatever, just folded. A- AFL, yeah. yeah. So a lot, a lot more names you might recognize, which we'll see. Should be interesting. No nicknames, unfortunately. Oh, that is unfortunate. That's no. the true crime. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think now's a pretty good time to bring uh, Pentis back in to uh, reveal the next word. Greetings from Denver, the Mile High City. I've got nothing to say today except Katoffel no longer follows the up-down theory. It merely follows the down-down theory. Yes, that is two downs in a row, in case you were wondering. I can complain about the Lions game, too, if you would like, but I'll leave that up to the experts. In case you have not picked up on the alliteration that has been used today, the word of the week is two. That means we are left with three letters of Katoffel. The cacaw, if you will, to our fearless fantasy football leaders. Good luck. All right, so Pentis dropped uh, the T on us today. It's two. Um, not unexpected, Cratch. I think you had uh, uh, pilfered or, or offered this word, this guess before. Um, so why don't you kind of lead us off? What else you got going? You got CCA to work with, the end being two <coughs> our fearless fantasy football leaders. Yeah, so my guess last week that Penta said was very close was casting collusion accusations towards our fantasy football leaders. But obviously now it was two, not towards. So there's got to be, like Dan said last week, and that really was what got me going, was the fact that one of those Cs has to be collusion somewhere. I still, you know, casting collusion accusations, I, I don't know. Something along those lines. Claiming collusion. Against, you know, what about uh, uh, yeah. uh, collusion causes animosity to our fearless fantasy oh, football leaders? That's close, Ooh. too. Oh. I mean, we don't, like we don't have any uh, pictures to go off of this week. Uh, Pentas updated his team picture, and it's back to the, the words on a white background. Um so, I mean, the, the owners of the league are removed. So, I think, yeah, you know, it's it's going to be tough. I'm excited to see where this is going. Any any other thoughts, any other guesses right now? Yeah, I think the A might give it away. If we know yeah. a C is collusion and A is something, we'll figure out what that other C is. But who the, knows? The spearless is throwing me. I wonder if there's something to do, play off of that, like a cowardly colluding... Oh, assholes! That's, I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry. Can you, can you bleep this? Are we, are we good? Can we swear no, on this it's, it's got the the NSFW. Oh, uh, we got the tag. we got the E, the explicit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. But yeah, besides that, I, I'm not really sure. I, I think, like Adam said, the A will be pretty key. If not the A, then one of those C's is going to be pretty key. <laughs> if not <laughs> if the not, other C, we'll yeah, get it the, by the, the second other C. Will hopefully give it away. So I think. Um, you know, I, I talked with Pentis this week, and I think uh, I kind of offered him the his preference for when to come on because I think we want to have him on live to reveal the full team name. And I said, you know, is the the next letter going to give it away enough where you want to come on and do 
the final two C's. And he said, like, no, unless you guys are really struggling, I'll just come on for that final C. So I think he's he's thinking it's tricky enough where the A isn't going to give it away. And even one of the C's isn't going to fully give it away. So um, kind of a little interesting twist there. But we'll see what the heck Pentis has to say in about three weeks. And while we're uh, ruminating on that a little bit more, gentlemen, why don't we take a little stroll down to Bourbon Corner? Bourbon Corner. Bourbon Corner. All right. OB, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I busted out uh, some Basil Hayden's, which is actually uh, a gift my wife got. But as she can't drink for at least two more weeks, I am enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a, a nice dry brief finish i would say some hints of some citrus in here not too bad it sounds delicious cratch what are you drinking i am drinking old granddad bonded and as we've talked about before bonded bourbons are those that you know have a strict rules about being aged at least four years and being at least 50 percent alcohol or no sorry exactly 50 percent alcohol uh this one I think I've had before. In fact, it caused me to realize I probably need to keep a sheet of all the bourbons I've had so I don't just keep repeating. But uh, for the first time ever, I think I'm actually catching some of the tasting notes, which in particular the vanilla and either butterscotch or caramel, I really do pick up on at the front end. And then the back end is just a lot of nice tasty spice. That is what I really look for in a bourbon. Uh, so yeah, that's old granddad bonded. Excellent, excellent. Dan, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I got my usual Michters. Uh, I'll try to participate with your fancy tasting notes. Uh, with Michters, I pretty much just taste pepper. Uh, it's very spicy, and you know what you'd expect with a little bit of oakiness. I don't know what else, what other flavors you're supposed to taste, but I pretty much just taste pepper and oak. How about nice. you? Well, um, I was gifted the remnants of a, uh, a Maker's 46 cast strength. Um, so that's coming in at uh, almost 55% alcohol, so 109 proof. Um, fortunately there's just a, a splash of that left. Um, and I maybe made the mistake by, by starting off with that. Um, cause that was pretty heavy. Um, a, a lot of, a lot of burn on the end. Um, I can say I probably won't be buying a, a bottle of the, the maker's cast strength, but, um, it was a good, a good taste, but I think it might've, uh, might've dulled my palate a little bit because I, I went for, uh, uh, kind of a refill on one that's uh, becoming one of my favorites. It's the Blom Brothers, uh, their straight bourbon whiskey. So this is their their younger product. They're making this one, uh, distilling it, and, and barrel aging it themselves. So this one is aged at least three years. Um, it is 100 proof, so I'm wondering if they're going to turn this into their uh, Bottled and Bond series in another year or so. Um, but it's uh, it had been becoming uh, one of my uh, favorite little sippers. Um, was pretty, uh, pretty tame on the front end, you know, those, those sweeter flavors, the vanillas, the caramels, um, but Cratch, like you said, had some good kind of spice and, and lingering flavor, but I'm just getting, uh, you know, a little bit of extra sour today. Um, so I'm wondering if that was going to 
my taste buds getting blown out by that cast strength. So uh, all the more reason for me not to like the cast strength is it made one of my other uh, favorite bourbons uh, taste not as good. Very nice. Well, we're in bourbon corner. Um, I'm just going to throw this proposal out. You guys chew on it. You don't have to respond. But uh, for the live draft in Detroit 2020, be there. Um, instead of multiple people bringing expensive bourbons and us drunkenly wasting the expensive bourbons, uh, as that might have happened in Chicago, um, I'd like to propose that for those coming to the Detroit 2020 live draft that we all pitch in and get one extremely nice bottle of bourbon as well as many just normal sipping bourbons and we drink that before we're slapping the belt i like that idea that is a great idea um especially if it's angus's trophy bourbon again like you think about it, if every bottle that was over like thirty dollars, had we just put the excess of the thirty into a very nice bottle, right? We would have been talking like you know a hundred, hundred and fifty dollar bottle, and then all the other bottles being around that thirty dollar price point, where like this granddad bottle and bond is a thirty dollar price point, even like twenty five dollars. I think. Uh, we could do something pretty cool with that one bottle and then have plenty of still drinkable bourbon as our backup. And then we can combine what's left of the $30 bottles into one super bottle that's worth hundreds of dollars. <laughs> we and save those drink, sorts of drink techniques with the bum wine. <laughs> I only mix my bum wine, it's not my bourbon. <laughs> And I think that's a that's a pretty good idea. I, uh, I think we should we should write that one down and remember that one. Just tell the historian. Yeah, Tony, it's your job to remember that. All he right, so any, he doesn't have any money to spend next draft anyway, so he can be in charge. Yeah, wait. Who <laughs> is the? Uh, where are we in terms of who's bourbon bitch next year? What's the bourbon early? Yeah, bourbon bitch standings. That's what we need. Fuck the PPI. Give me the bourbon <laughs> bitch standings. Um, so, I mean, so right now, uh, bourbon bitch standings, Kaz is number one. Uh, at one and five, he is the, the worst record on the season. Uh, we got four teams hot on his tail, though. Uh, Mitch Pentis, Cratch, you and Tony all are coming in at two and four. So there's still plenty of time for you guys to make up some ground and, and stake your claim as bourbon bitch for the live 2020 Detroit draft. Question, point of order. Should Bourbon Bitch be decided by total points or record? It's a classic fantasy football dilemma. It is, and I think uh, in true uh, fantasy football way, whichever way we decide is going to be imperfect. Um, So I think using, because we use record as uh, standings for everything else in the season, uh, we should use record for Bourbon Bitch with points four being the tiebreaker. What if I told you Tony has the fewest points? <laughs> then <laughs> I would say let's use points four. <laughs> <laughs> no excuses next year if he's repeat Bourbon Bitch. We uh, we don't let him fill out his roster before he starts fulfilling his duties. It's 24-7. Even the day before we uh, get him to fill our <laughs> bourbons. 
he did get off rather light as the bourbon bitch. That he did. So we won't let him do that again. Um, but for his sake, you got to hope he doesn't doesn't pull a, a bourbon bitch two years in a row. Uh, so looking ahead, um, you know, those are the, the bottom five teams in my poll power index. Uh, relatively unchanged. Mitch did move up a little bit with his win. Um, he's up to number eight. Pentis is down to number nine. Cratch, you're at number 10. Tony's down to number 11. I can't quite sneak him into number 12 yet just because he's got that one more win over Kaz. But, Dan, as you said, Tony with the least points scored. Um, you know, as soon as his record is even with, with Kaz, he's going back to number 12. So I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, kind of our middle of the pack teams. Uh, you know, we got four teams that are three and three. D'Amato, Zankis, O'Brien, you're moving on up in there, and Truman. Uh, so that's the order. D'Amato's holding steady at number four. Zank is up to five. OB, you're up to six, and Truman's down to seven. Um, you know, OB, keep keep putting up some 125, 130-point wins like this, and you'll be right in the top four, top three, no time. Trying my best here. We'll see. All right. So our top three again is uh, Dan, it's you, me, and Phil. Um, unfortunately for you, your 88 point week, I know you said you were excited to get the win as you should be, but, um, you know, your consistency is just, you're a roller coaster right now. You know, you're scoring 60 points, you're scoring 150, you're scoring 80, you're scoring a hundred, uh, you're averaging 117 points. Um, and you do still have one of the strongest rosters. Maybe that Kamara ankle injury slows you down a little bit. Um, but because of the inconsistency, I had to drop you back to number three, move myself back up to number two. Um, Phil is, is holding strong at number one. He's averaging nine points a game more than me, uh, and I'm averaging four points a game more than you. So uh, Phil locked and loaded as the, the clear-cut number one right now, so it's going to take some losing for us to get him out of that spot. All right, so that was the uh, Poll Power Index Week 6 Recap Week 7 Preview. Uh, OB is the guest. Do you want to do the 12-man-1 trophy picks or the NFL picks first? Uh, let's keep it rolling with 12-man-1 trophy. All right, so our first matchup is uh, the aforementioned uh, bourbon bitch du jour and potentially of the future Tony Gowell uh, versus Michael J. Truman Esquire. Uh, Dan, since Truman's your cousin, what do you see in here? So he is family, uh, but alas, his team has uh, overperformed this year. And I think Tony, Tony finally gets out of the gutter here because I think he has some nice matchups. Uh, I like Brissett against Houston. Uh, I like that Singletary's coming him back. I'm not so sure that playing two Buffalo running backs, even though they're playing Miami, <laughs> is the best uh, strategy for Tony, uh, but, you know, to each their own. He can't put McCole Hardman in because uh, he's already playing. It is Thursday. But uh, I'm still going to take Tony here because we know Michael's kind of stuck in a corner. He's trapped. He can only play certain players because his bench uh, continually puts up goose eggs. So I'm going to take Tony here uh, to uh, try to get out of that basement of the uh, bourbon bitch standings. Cratch, what are you seeing here? So is Barkley back this week? He's practiced in full the last two days, so we expect right. him back. Then I am going Truman with 
you know, Aaron Jones bouncing back after that stout Lions defense throttled him last week. Uh, I think, you know, a combination of Jones and Barkley is enough to get Truman over the hump and keep Tony at the repeat bourbon bitch corner. Obi, what say you? As much as I, like any other man, would love to see Tony at the bottom of the PPI, I do think he's going to eat it up this week. I don't see him putting up the 130 points or so that RSO projects, but I think he's got enough firepower spread out across his team to, to eke out the win. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you all have pretty good points. Um, you know, playing two uh, Buffalo running backs might not be the best thing, but also it's Miami, so they could probably total 50 points between them. Um, he's also playing two Chargers at Tennessee. That might be a little bit more difficult matchup, but, I mean, it's Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry finally back from that uh, that injury. Um, so, yeah, Tony's definitely got some good matchups this week. Um, you know, the good news for Truman, if Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry have a good game, that means Phil Rivers had a good game. Um, Aaron Jones, yeah, probably bouncing back against Oakland. Um, I do think Truman should uh, should get Edo Smith out of there and put uh, Saquon back in his starting lineup. Um, but the uh, the Will Fuller potential from anywhere from zero to 40 points uh, is going to be a little bit rough uh, for Truman going forward. Uh, that being said, uh, I'm taking Truman because it's what I want to see happen, and I want to get Tony Gall back in the basement there. So Truman for the win. Next matchup, we got uh, me versus Phil. Um, I'm going to pick myself here because uh, that's what Dan would do. Um, I'm already off to a 9-7 to seven lead. Uh, Harrison Buttkicker has me 9 points, uh, whereas Phil, uh, starting Travis Kelsey, has only got 7.4 points. There's a little bit of time left in the game, but uh, the, the Chiefs are up a little bit, so you got to figure they try and just run this clock out, grind out the good win. Um, you know, I, I think I'm... You know, maybe catching Phil on a little bit of a goodbye. You know, Mike Evans is is uh, on his bench. Uh, Kareem Hunt is not back yet, um, but I mean, he's still got most of the rest of his starting lineup. So, uh, honestly, I'm a little bit scared here, but um, I do think I'm able to pull this off. I got some some decent matchups. Uh, you know, David Johnson at the Jets. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup I think has a bounce back game this week against Atlanta. Uh, my decisions right now is do I really want to play two of my lines against Minnesota? Um, you know, they have a do do have a decent defense. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm maybe leaning towards uh, finding some room for uh, for uh, carry on uh, on my bench, even though he is my namesake uh, and potentially getting someone else like uh, like Auden Tate or maybe even Daryl Henderson back in if Malcolm Brown is injured like they say he is. So what do you guys think is going to go on here? And this is the. Matchup of the week, if you will. So the top two teams in the PPI going up against each other. That's a big deal in these parts. Um, But I want to pick you, Cole, because I want to root for the two Lions on your team, and Phil has no Lions. Uh, And I think the Lions are going to expose the Vikings' defense a little bit. However... Even though you do have some nice matchups, because I don't think Seattle is actually very good against the run, uh, Phil has better matchups. Uh, so you can expect a good game from uh, Kyler Murray, Marlon Mack, maybe not Chris Carson, but he's going to get his carries if he plays. Um, Julio Jones should have a good game. Thielen will have a terrible game against the Lions, but <laughs> Matt Breida should have a good game. So, uh, you know, reluctantly, I'm going to take Phil here. 
Not to mention, actually, his best player, the New England Patriots defense, is playing the Jets. But Sam Darnold is back. That's true. Totally different team. <laughs> All right, OB, what are you seeing here? Ah, this is a tough one. I was looking at some of the player rankings today, and uh, both of you have some, some really top-tier running backs oh. and receivers. Um, that being said, I, I, I do like some of your matchups here, Paul. And, you know, I think um, in, in favor of trying to get you to choose me, I will be choosing you <laughs> for a W this week. Can't argue with the logic. Cratch, what are you thinking? Wait, are we on Paul and Phil or Obi and Mitch? Me Paul. and Phil. Yeah, the Obi matchup's next. Okay. <laughs> I will I, I'm liking you, Paul, over Mitch here. I uh think but just between Lamar and Johnson and Ingram, you know, that's a good start. You got Cooper Cup at Atlanta. Atlanta's been pretty weak defensively this year. I think you have enough weapons to take Phil out. Uh, well, I appreciate that, guys, except for you, Dan. Um, so, Obi, you're playing Mitch. Um, you know, you just said why you're picking me because you want me to pick you. So give me a couple more reasons why I should pick you. Oh, boy, put me on the spot here. Um, let's see. Tyreek Hill's got 13 points. Don't think he'll get any more. So maybe that's not the best uh, reasoning there. Um. I got nothing really. I'm just feeling it this week, you know. Uh, the bourbon's getting to me. Harso um, said so. I mean, what else do you need to know besides that? All right, fair enough. Cratch, uh, what are you seeing in this uh, matchup from your uh, relegation station representative? So, if I was Obi, I'd be looking at Le'Veon versus New England. With New England, you know, quite possibly one of the best defenses we've seen in the last decade. Uh, you know, that would be promising for Obi, but I look at it and I see, you know, Russell Wilson versus Baltimore. Le'Veon's always going to get his. Brandon Cooks at Atlanta again. You know, even Ridley versus LA, like that Cooks Ridley combo for Mitch could be enough along with Russell Wilson to get him over the hump. I'm picking Mitch with that sort of QB and wide receiver trio being really what puts him over here. All right, and Dan, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I think this is going to be another close matchup. Not quite like the matchup of the week. This will be a low-scoring close matchup. Uh, you know, Cratch makes some good points here. But I think if you look at New England's opponents, and, you know, I'm not saying the Jets are good, but New England's defense has played the Miami Dolphins, the Jets uh, with whoever was their starting quarterback in Week 3, um, the Redskins and the Giants. And when they actually played a decent team, the Bills and the Steelers, they did they did dominate the Steelers, I will say, but when they played a decent team in the Bills, uh, the Bills weren't, they were able to put up some fantasy points considering uh, they only scored, what, seven points in that game? But they actually put up quite a few yards. So it's it goes back to the, Patricia, bend but don't break defense. You're going to get a lot of yards against New England, but you're not going to score touchdowns. So I think Le'Veon can still have a good game. And I think Mitch 
ultimately pulls this out because I think, you know, I have zero stats backing me up, but I'm willing to guess that Nick Chubb has been a huge majority of O'Brien's points. So, uh, sorry, OB. I'm going to take Mitch here with Chubb on the bye. Hate to see it. You hate to see it happen. So, yeah, the the Chubb on bye definitely hurts your team, OB. Um, I mean, you're starting Kenyon Drake, and, you know, what else can you say about that? Um, you really have no other replacement options. I, I agree. I don't think you can play Adrian Peterson versus San Francisco. Um, you know, I mean, Gus Edwards at Seattle might be, uh, I don't know if it's a better option, but it's another option. Um, so a little, little thin at running back this week. Um, you know, fortunately for you, um, Phil's, or excuse me, Mitch has a couple players on by, you know, Greg Olson's on by, uh, and his, his Cleveland defense. So he's either gonna have to play Chris Herndon or Jimmy Graham. So again, they could either be zero points or they could be somewhere in the five to 10 point range. I don't really see either of those tight ends exploding for 20 or 30 points on you. Um, and he doesn't have another defense on his team right now. So he's got to make some decisions on, uh, if he's going to drop someone who he wants to pick up. Um, and I think that's going to, going to play a, maybe not pivotal role, but a role in this matchup. Um, the other thing we need to watch is Josh Gordon's injury. Um, he, from last I heard, he was kind of doubtful or questionable to play. Um, so he's, uh, Mitch is going to have to find a, another flex player to put in there. And, you know, that might be the the super boomer bust Marquise Brown. Uh, but he doesn't really have any solid production on his bench, uh, kind of assuming Todd Gurley is, is still out with that injury. So, um, you know, yeah, OB, you're, you're hurting with Chubb right now. Chubb on by. Uh, but Mitch has his own players that are missing this week. So, uh, you know, the, the I think the one point that uh, really would have sold me in is what I'm kind of basing my pick on here is uh, the pole power index. And again, OB, you're coming in at number six. You're three and three. You're averaging 101 points a week. Mitch, below you, number eight, only two and four, only averaging 100 points a week. Um, so I think this is going to be a close one, but OB, I'm going to side with you here. Much appreciated, Paul. Well, that was a roller coaster ride. <laughs> you know, it just you gotta keep it gotta keep it fun for everyone here. Yeah, I thought I thought you were taking Mitch, then O'Brien, then Mitch again, and then back to just gotta keep you guessing. So next matchup, Kaz versus Cratch. Cratch, you're already in a little bit of a hole here. What the heck is going on? Yeah, I'd say it's more than a little bit of a hole when uh, two of my starting running backs are putting up a combined 4.8 points. Uh, I'm well on my way to uh, losing this week. I just realized that Schuster's on by. I don't know how I missed that before. I will rectify that right now, but still lose this week. Yeah, um, your lineup's not looking so good. Um, Philip Lindsay has four points. Damian Williams has one point, which I hate to see because I have him in two other leagues. Um, Cortland Sutton has uh, 11 points for Kaz. He's already made the switch. He completely cut Marcus Mariota, and he's got Ryan Tannehill uh, in his starting lineup now, which is good because Cam Newton is his other QB on by, and he's got Joe Flacco, who's only put up six points uh, thus far. So you got to figure Tannehill's going to get you more than six points, but you know, we've seen it uh, happen other ways before. Uh, he's still relying on Fournette and Henry as the bulk of his running back carries. Uh, he did get uh, Evan Ingram and Tyreek, or excuse me, T.Y. Hilton back in there. Um, so, you know, Kaz is playing potentially a optimal lineup for him. Um, you know, it, 
with the the hole you're in, Cratch, it's going to be tough for you to to get out of that. You just got to hope DeAndre Hopkins just absolutely goes off. But um, I think, unfortunately, I'm going to have to take Kaz here. Obi, what are you thinking? I think I'm following suit here, and I think it's as simple as just uh, the early returns in tonight. Where we're seeing out of Damian Williams and Phil Lindsay. Um, not great production, and uh, I think it's just not enough to overcome DK Country. Yeah, Cratch, I originally picked you in this matchup, but the benefit of doing the podcast on a Thursday night, uh, like you said, we're at 5.3 points now out of Lindsay and Williams, so uh, i got to switch my vote here to Kaz. So that's a tough sweep. Let's uh, let's look at the next matchup. We got uh, D'Amato versus Zankis. Zank off to an okay lead. Uh, you know, he's got 35 points. Uh, again, unfortunately, that Pat Mahomes injury really hurts, caps him at 7.7 points, but... Uh, the Kansas City defense made up for it. They got him 27 points, which is, you know, almost as much as you can expect out of a running back. Or, excuse me, out of a defense. I just saw that Damian Williams got another carry there, which is why I said running back. So, um, he might have got up to, like, 1.5 points for you, Cratch. Um, you know, Zankis, in his uh, infinite wide receiver slash running back, uh, names that should be good, should be performing better, but really aren't. Um, you know, he's opting to play uh, Sony Michelle here. Uh, he's got Zeke as his other running back, and he's got Joe Mixon in the flex. You know, James Conner on by at least kind of makes that decision for him this week. Uh, but he's still got Amari Cooper in there. Last I heard, he was uh, more on the, the doubtful side to play. Um, so his other uh, wide receiver is D.D. Westbrook. Um, and then, uh, you know, he's got to figure out, does he want to play Marquise Goodwin or Randall Cobb? Um, so again, Zegas is three tight ends, including, uh, Rob Gonkowski, uh, excuse me, four tight ends, three on his bench. Uh, it's kind of limiting, uh, his, his roster maneuverability here. Uh, D'Amato looks like he has a pretty full, uh, starting lineup this week. Uh, he's got Delvin Cook, uh, obviously Melvin Gordon is back that he's playing and he's got Tevin Coleman in his flex. Um, you know, really no one on by. Uh, that's uh, causing any difficulties for him. So uh, I'm going to lean uh, D'Amato this one, even though Zangus is off to a decent start with his defense. Uh, i got to give Matt the win here. Dan, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit all the points. Uh, similar to the last matchup, I want to pick Zangus here, but with Cooper doubtful and <clears throat> Connor out, Mahomes only getting 7.7. You know that Michael Thomas and Tevin Coleman are going to have decent games. Uh, D'Amato has his top two running backs, I think, are going against two good teams. Melvin Gordon against Tennessee. They're not a good team, but they're good defense. Um, Detroit's run defense has been quite terrible, but I think they have a better game against Minnesota than they've had all year. Um, So that said, I think, again, it'll be another close matchup, but the points you mentioned about Zangus's kind of lack of options here. He's got some trouble uh, in his roster. I'm going to take the motto. Obi, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think I'm with Dan here. Um, you know, it's a bit concerning seeing the, the rather large numbers from the Casey defense. Um, it will be interesting to see with the injury to Mahomes, how that affects Zangus going forward. Um, but I think just the, the running back firepower out of Cook and, and Gordon, 
while they may be going against some decent defenses, I think they'll be good enough. Um, I expect some some decent games out of Michael Thomas. Hopefully against the uh, maybe not hopefully for me against the Bears D. I can see that happening. Um, so I think I'm going with the motto. Cratch, you're gonna make it a sweep, or are you gonna be contrarian again? Yeah, no, I'll sweep it. D'Amato wins, even though when you think about it, like 27 from Holmes and seven from the Kansas City defense, I think we'd be thinking differently about this matchup. But mm-hmm. I do think Matt's got enough firepower to overcome Zankis's good start. Do you think Matt's got enough firepower to overcome Matt? Exactly. <laughs> I think <All> Matt. Right. <laughs> Final matchup of the week. Dan, you're facing off against Pentis. Uh, tell us why you're going to win. Uh, you know, I might not, but I probably will. I don't know. I mean, this this isn't looking like a good matchup for me. I don't have the best matchups in general. Kamara might not play. I already have McCaffrey on by, and they're kind of the anchors of my team. Uh, Woods and Boyd have been up and down. So I'm not feeling great about this week, but... Uh, as always, I will uh, power of positive thinking and pick myself. Obi, what are you seeing in this matchup? Obi, you're muted. Uh, in the meantime, I will pick. Uh, I think, you know, Dan... I, I could see Tar Cohen having a good game against New Orleans. And Deshaun Watson's always good for his points. I think Dan ekes this one out. I, I just think he's got enough guys that find their way into the end zone, re- end zone regularly enough that uh, he'll pull it out. Plus some regression from Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I think I agree with you here, Cratch. Um you know, Dan, still a solid lineup despite uh, having to sub out uh, McCaffrey and potentially even uh, Kamara uh, if he's still hurt. Um, you know, I'm not sure which running back you're potentially going to put in there, but, uh, you know, Naheem Hines should get you a couple of points. Caleb Blage wouldn't get you anything, but uh, Rex Burhead might get you something. Um, so some, some potentially difficult decisions to make Sunday morning. Uh, but I think overall, um, you know, the, the Woods and Boyd combo, they have the potential to go off. I don't think it's a particularly scary matchup for either of them. So I think uh, this week your your receivers are going to carry you. And I got to believe or I got to hope more so for Hawkinson's sake that, you know, this is the week where he stops dropping passes uh, a la original uh, Eric Ebron and uh, Pettigrew. Uh, as is the curse with Detroit tight ends, and he, he's got a he's he's due for a touchdown. So, Dan, I think you you win this one. Um, I do think you know it's going to be one of your lower scoring weeks. Um, so, I mean, even if you win, if, uh, if someone else moves up, you know, you might move down that pull power index just because that consistency. That's the dream. <laughs> Ob, are you back with us here? I I am back. Yes. Um, I think you guys covered it all. Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. I am going with Dan here. All right. So uh, in the interest of keeping it short and sweet, because we're running a little bit long here, uh, our NFL matchups, we got four games this week. San Francisco at Washington. We got Niners minus 10 on the road. Washington sucks. I'm still going to take them because the Niners are fraud. So Washington plus 10. Dan, what do you think? 
you know, they're just so terrible. It's so many points, but I can't do it. They're so terrible. I'm going to take San Francisco. Cratch, what are you thinking there? Yeah, I think I continue riding San Francisco's defense to just completely shut down Washington here. You know, two touchdowns might be enough to cover that 10-point spread, San Francisco. And OB, bring us home, man. Yeah, I'm going with the Niners here. Uh, The Redskins are 0-5 against the spread in their last five home games. I don't see that changing. Niners all the way. Oh, man, you're saying I'm betting against a streak? (laughs) (sighs) Tough to do. Fine, you convince me. I'll switch to the Niners. And that way... That way, I'll be really happy when Washington covers because I can rub it in Tony's face. <laughs> All right. Uh, next matchup, Truman's Bungles uh, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, now without their cornerback uh, who really hasn't been playing. Uh, anyway, uh, line is Bengals plus three and a half at home. Um, I'm going to take Jacksonville here. Um, Got to believe in Minshew Mania. Uh, Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, uh, has not looked great. Uh, neither is the rest of his offense, so I'm going to take uh, Gardner Minshew and the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars minus three and a half here. Obi, what are you thinking? Uh, I am riding Minshew Mania as well. Uh, meh, meh, Minshew, as uh, the great <laughs> Boomer said. So, uh, yeah, Jaguars here as well. Cratch, what do you got going on? Yeah, I don't think there's any other analysis needed. Uh G Minshew gets back to form here, and Cincinnati continues their woes. Jacksonville covers. All right, Dan, we're at three. Are you going to make it four for four, taking the Jacksonville Jaguars? I am. I usually uh, feel the Bengals are underrated, but uh, just to give you an interesting stat I saw today, the it was ranking the quarterbacks in passer rating between uh, a clean pocket and under pressure. And Andy Dalton actually had one of the best uh, comparisons where he's consistent between the um, passer rating and when he's under pressure and when he has a clean pocket. However, uh, his passer rating was so low with a clean pocket (laughs) that that was the reason for the small margin between a clean pocket and uh, pressure. So as much as I like, I think the Bengals are probably have more talent than they actually show. I'm definitely taking Jacksonville uh, to cover. All right, so that's a clean sweep for the Jaguars there. Next matchup, we got the Chi-Town Bears uh, going down to the, the Dirty South, or is it the Big Easy in New Orleans? Uh, Bears minus 3.5 on the road in the Superdome. Uh, Cratch, what are you seeing here? Is it? I thought the Bears were home. You're right. It is home. I okay. can't read my yeah. own writing. I was going to say, that's crazy for them to be favorites on the road in New Orleans. But, I, yeah, I think the Saints cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, I, you know, Their defense has actually been holding up pretty well here, and they've been surviving without uh, Breeze. I think they're able to cover that spread. OB, it's your Bears. What do you think is going to happen? Um, my my head is telling me to to follow Crash with the Saints here, but my heart 
can't let that happen. I think it's really getting down <laughs> to the Bears really need this win at home. Um, you know, coming off the bye, I, I think it's got to be the Bears. At least I hope so. And Dan, what are you thinking? You know, Mark Tressman is in the South right now in Tampa Bay, I believe Obi mentioned. So uh, he's giving the Saints some tips and tricks on how to beat Chicago. And ultimately, I think New Orleans' defense is pretty underrated this year. They're known for their offensive breeze, obviously. But I'm going to take New Orleans uh, and the points. Well, guys are making it tough on me here. Um, you know, the, the, the Bears at home... Uh, is always going to be a tough matchup. Uh, you know, they're going to be without Akeem Nix. Uh, I think he's on IR, potentially designated to return. So hopeful, hopefully that's the case for the Bears defense. Um, you know, that being said, uh, Trubisky is rumored to be back this week. Uh, Breeze is definitely not back. Um, so I think uh, in terms of the QB matchup, uh, you know, Trubisky has the the potential to go off. And, you know, he's shown the capability of throwing five touchdowns in a single game. I don't think that happens against the Saints, but I think he is able to to overcome the the pretty decent uh, New Orleans defense that's, that's happening here. Um, I'm partially baking, basing this pick on the, uh, the Alvin Kamara ankle injury. Um, he showed last week that he wasn't quite himself. Uh, so even if he plays, I don't think he plays at a hundred percent. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to take the bears minus three and a half. But they did sign Zach Zenner of Detroit legend. <laughs> and that I think, uh, is all the more reason to, to think that they think, Kamara is uh, potentially out or not going to be effective. Um, you know, you don't usually sign a guy off the street um, if you don't plan on making him an uh, active roster. Um, so, I mean, it'd be, be interesting to watch uh, come game time. I know, Dan, you'll obviously be watching pretty closely for that Kamara news, so we'll just have to see what happens. All right, final matchup. Uh, NFC North battle. We got our Detroit Lions hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the line I saw earlier today was Detroit plus two. I want to say it opened at Detroit plus one. Um, so we got a little bit of money moving uh, in favor of the Vikings. Uh, Dan, what do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, the money's moving towards the Vikings. Uh, I think because popular opinion's moving towards the Lions. And so's the victory. Lions are going to win, take the points. They need this win, so. I need this win. It's going to happen. Yeah, I think I'm with you here, Dan. You know, the Lions got screwed out of a, a win last week. Uh, we won't get into that too much, other than the refs did the Lambo leap. Um, you know, I think they, they keep it close. Uh, this is kind of a homecoming game for Kirk Cousins. He comes back to the, the great state of Michigan where he played uh, his college ball at MSU. Um I don't think he's uh, much better than when he was at Michigan State. Um, he's an okay game manager. Uh, Vikings are going to rely on Dalvin Cook in the run game, um, but I think the the Lions are able to to match and uh, overcome that offense. So I'm going to take the Lions plus two. Obi, what are you seeing in this NFC North matchup? Um, initially, I was thinking the Lions got to bounce back after that tough loss. Um, doing some research, you know, the Vikings coming off two pretty solid wins here. Uh, they got a pretty good streak in October, and I just got to go Vikings, man. I don't know. I'm just feeling it, taking the Vikings in, the, in this one. All right, Cratch, bring us home. Yeah. What are you thinking? 
everything on paper would tell me to take the NFC North team that's at home getting points. I, I mean, that's pretty fundamental. You just take that and don't look back. But uh, it's the Lions we're talking about here. Matt, Matt Patricia led Lions. Uh, I don't think if I haven't gone into it enough, then I'll never go into it enough. And uh, I'm picking the Vikings plus two. Or minus two, sorry. Vikings minus two. All right, so, Cratch, we kind of glossed over your mystery picks last week. Why don't you give us a quick little recap, because I thought the the final stat lines were pretty dang interesting. Yeah, so those were actually uh, some pretty tough wins that we eked out. Uh, Watson, you know, I, I think I heard that Mahomes put up like 119 passing yards on the first drive or something insane like that because of so many penalties that they had and they were just throwing the ball that, you know, Watson went down like a hundred yards very early on in the game. And yet uh, in the fourth quarter managed to convert a fourth down to seal the game, not only in real life, but for me, uh, that was enough to push him over the edge against Mahomes. And then they just iced the game. So that was a very clutch uh, two unit victory on our one unit wagered. And then the more straightforward one that we picked was, Aaron Jones against Karrion Johnson. Jones, despite the you know pretty awful game he had in terms of fumbles and you know missing catches that should have been outright touchdowns, uh, still managed to outrush Karrion Johnson. Uh, so we ended up netting three units last week. So for those of you that have been hanging with me, we're we're getting back on the mend here. Uh, and this week we're well, real quick, Cratch. I thought yeah. um, the interesting point here too, like you said, Watson kind of won it right at the end. I think combined, because this was all based on yards, combined you won both of these picks by less than twenty yards. Because I think the the Watson and Mahomes matchup was either three or seven yard win, and then the Aaron Jones carry on matchup was uh, I think either eight or ten. Um, so they were both you know near, if not single-digit yardage differences. No one said it had to be pretty, pull. You don't win for winning by a lot. That's all. <laughs> that's what I've learned over my years of gambling. So with that in mind, we've actually – uh, I'll let you guys decide here. So I had put in – you know, I have the, the tickets to prove it, that I have my Cratch Mystery picks in. It turns out that one of them has already won, and uh, the other one is halfway to victory. So I'll quickly go through the one that won was uh, even odds, one unit to win one unit. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, more receptions than Tyreek Hill. My thinking there was that I thought the Broncos were going to be able to maintain this game throughout the whole thing. You know, ball possession was going to be their friend and they were going to eke out, uh, you know, a lower scoring victory. Uh, it turns out that all my reasons were wrong, but the net result was the same. <laughs> the last I checked was uh, Emmanuel Sanders had five receptions to uh, Tyree kills three. So I won that unit already. I'll let you guys decide if that counts for the official record or not. Uh, but then let's move. Uh, to I mean, the I'll, I'll let it, I'll let it count for you. Uh, but obviously we can't pick it because it's already over. There you go. So, I, I was hoping the game would at least still be in progress by the time we ended, but it, we couldn't even get to that point today. So uh, let's just jump to the second one I had here, which was, again, this was a four-team or a four-pick teaser where my first two legs of it was Chiefs plus three 
and the under of 55 and a half, which obviously we've already won at the time that we're recording this, where the Chiefs cruised to a 30 to six victory against the Broncos. I thought, you know, I thought that 55 was easy. Honestly, I thought the Broncos were going to be able to win this game. And after the first drive, I thought I was looking good in that sense. Uh, everything after that point was all Chiefs all day, every day. So I, I'm hitting those first two legs already. So either we can call this uh, a – so it was a two-unit risk for a five-unit profit. Uh, the other two legs of it, which would be even odds if we want to say that that's the only two things we're betting on, are Texans plus seven at the Colts, and that's also teased with the Colts and that, that game over 41.5 points. So I'm seeing a lot of points scored in this one, and I think that the Texans, if they don't win this one outright, are going to be able to keep it close enough to, uh, to make this an interesting game and get me that win. So if you grant me those two that are already covered, it's two points to profit five points. But if you say you only want to have those two, the Texans plus seven and the Texans Colts over 41 and a half, that would be even odds. So two points to win two points. What say you guys? I mean, I'll, I'll give you the, the bet. I, I trust that you, you put it in on time. Um, so, I mean, so you're saying you already won two of the four bets. You got two more to go to win five units off of your two-unit bet. Correct. Okay. So obviously we're all picking. Do we think the Texans plus seven and the over 41.5 happens? Correct. Dan, what do you think about the uh, the second half of Cratch's uh, teaser here? I think that anytime you can make a bet where you more than double your wager, you take it. So I'm going with... <laughs> Deshaun Watson and Cratch here. Uh, I'm taking the mystery pick. Obi, what say you? Um, I think given teasing that line down, Texans plus seven, and the over down to 41.5 makes it a winner. So I am all in on this one. Yeah, I uh, I always love rooting for points, love rooting for the over. Um you know, I, I probably would have picked the Texans to win this one straight up. Um, so to, to give me plus seven points, yeah, I'm definitely going to take that. So, um, you know, Cratch, we got another sweep this week. So you're pretty good at uh, enticing us to, to pick with you. So hopefully the, the luck continues to hold and you're able to, to keep racking up those mystery points. That's the beauty of gambling. Always being able to find something that looks good enough for everyone to lose their money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that note, uh, any closing thoughts, gentlemen? Loud noises. All right. Ob, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you spending some time with us tonight. Adam, oh, thank again, you. thanks as always. It's always a pleasure. Sorry, I had to run away for a second. Those are some good closing words, I think. I just want to say to O'Brien, good luck and congratulations and, you know, let us know how everything goes in the next few weeks. Thank you. If my fantasy team falls off a cliff, just assume it's because I am myself falling off a cliff with two kids. (laughs) 
Well, there's two of you, so that's uh, even numbers, right? That's true. We're still man-to-man, I guess. Yeah, you don't have to go to zone defense just yet. But like Cratch's bets, you really need like more, more than necessary <laughs> to make it a good bet, to have a chance. You need like two to three people per kid. That's a fair point. Our dog is not helping. <laughs> Come on, Murphy. All right, uh, Dan, do you have any uh, special outro music lined up for OB this week? Uh, I do not, so I'm just going to play the theme of my favorite show and possibly yours. I have no idea. Oh, beautiful. I think and I can I count think... on one hand the number of times I watched Family Matters and being a Chicago kid it's kind of odd but I was a big fan of Home Improvement and I've wondered as Detroit area if you watched that show oh absolutely yeah I, I loved Home Improvement growing up um, in part because I feel like it was both live and like syndicated at the same time so you know I could watch the new episodes whatever day they dropped and then the rest of the week, you know, there'd be that like hour after school of home improvement that I could catch up on, you know, the, the old episodes. So I, I loved home improvement. And, you know, Tim Allen was fantastic in that show. I think he's uh, equally solid uh, in the, the recently ended Last Man Standing, which was the modern version of home improvement. Um, those are both great shows and I was a big fan of both of them. And I know, I think Dan watched a pretty decent amount of Home Improvement, too, but I don't know if you did, Cratch. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, honestly, I was in on it before it really uh, settled in on me that it was a Detroit hometown kind of thing. That it was a novelty that he happened to be wearing Lions gear and stuff, and then later on in life, he really realized like just how much that sort of angle probably meant to him. So yeah, I, I've been uh, a lifer on Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a beautiful show, and you appreciate it more as time goes on. Because, like Cratch said, the Detroit aspect and nice little family show that you don't see too often anymore. Do you know, is that, uh, is that available to stream anywhere? Is that on any services? I don't think so, but um, maybe it'll be on Disney+. Plus. I don't know. You can yeah. get it on Hulu, but um, don't quote me on that one. You can All borrow right. my DVDs. <laughs> oh, might take you up on that one of these days. That sounds like a good show that I want to rewatch. All right, well, this is where I'm going to put in our Apple discussion. Uh, so... Thanks for coming out, guys. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. You too. No problem. You get a good red delicious. Delicious. And red. They're just trying to convince you in the name. Yeah. No, red delicious are the worst kind of apples. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones that you look are... like an apple, but taste awful. Like, you look at it, and you're like, oh, that looks like an apple. And then you're like, oh. Like, Here's cornmeal in right. my mouth. You guys are buying your apples at the wrong place. <laughs> we all don't live in Ann Arbor with our ample supply of 
Uh, Apple it? Store. Actually, I was gonna say, what is it called when they're uh, like bushels? No. no. <laughs> Uh, when you get something that's like there's the store brand, but then there's the, no, yeah, I it, this is this is we're done. I'm too far into my old granddad to get my words out. Name brand, no. store brand, no, generic, nope. Locally sourced, farm to table, craft <laughs> apples. No, artisan apples. You're closer yeah. with artisan. What what's the word for like artistically grown? Organic. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Seriously, you're looking for organic? Yeah. I... <laughs> Can we start up with store brand? <laughs> yeah, the opposite of store brand would be organic. Antonyms, man. Red Delicious. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I free, Dan. Right. Hey, I can't Don't... afford honey crisp apples like all you rich kids. Can't afford? <laughs> what are you talking about? How many apples do you eat in a day that it's a, it's a money problem? They're like two ninety nine a pound. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Even like a gala. Come on. No, gala's disgusting. That's like a poor man's red delicious. No. Where do we stand on Fuji? Or Fuji. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm actually, a fan. Fuji, you're right. Fuji is what I was referring to. Gala, I think you're right, Dan, are pretty bad, but Fuji is a good runner-up to gold or uh, delicious apples. I'm a fan of most apples except for red delicious. They literally they look like what you would expect an apple like that's what you think of when you see an apple right is a golden delicious or a uh, red delicious but like then you bite into it and you're like well what the fuck is this piece of wax (laughs) (laughs) 